Safeway in one week, and uh, you know, gas was two dollars and twenty-seven cents a gallon at the uh, Safeway gas station. Wow, uh, quite a discount. Well, you've been there, you know. I know you've shopped that much. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was nice. It was a good feeling. No, I well, Debbie had her last fill up. We used to be in competition to use the discount, so she, okay. she would, she would, and I would say, my car has more. You know, and I had the Camry. I said, my car takes more gas. We save more money when I fill up. She goes. Yeah, but I was there. Um, <laughs> and but her last fill up was like a dollar eighty seven. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So you know, this is an upside. All right. <clears throat> this is Derek McKay, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com, and you are listening to the Fanboy Planet podcast and running all this magically through through a, a very complicated computer system. Is it called the Brett computer? Do you have signs? Like I, call it, I call it Hal. Oh, okay. All right. It's an iMac. <laughs> it's, it's an iMac. <laughs> All right, of course, and you are, of course. Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. So uh, we got some comics news a, a little bit, and we want to talk movies, and this is a little kind of special, maybe. What do you call these out of, when they're a little out of the ordinary of our, of our pattern? Yeah. Uh, uh, specials <laughs> yes but it's not i mean it is and it isn't a regular we right we decided this week not to run any cinequest interviews no slight meant to any of the wonderfully talented people who sat down to talk with me at cinequest but we realized this week is a chance to really recommend some things for people to maybe catch up on some may find they have more time on their hands and of course you know at, this is a podcast there's a great Go ahead. There's a great terminology term for it that I heard this week, and that is cocooning. Okay, so if you are cocooning, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of news that is because we are uh, we talk about comics, movies, and TV, and therefore all those industries have been impacted by what's going on in the world right now in a way that really in in, in my lifetime I, I've never seen and. And Rick's only a couple years older. So, no, Rick has never seen either. Um, we've just – this is an out-of-ordinary time. So if you're cocoon, if you're able to cocoon comfortably, we've got some recommendations for you. And we also want to talk about, about the impact. Of course, if there's anything that we talk about on this podcast that – uh, as we are going to recommend books you, sh- you might want to read uh, you and you cannot find it, well – you may be in an area where you cannot go to your local brick and mortar store and they might not be delivering. If you need to go digital, 
you can go through the Amazon link that uh, and the Amazon search box that is on each and every page at fanboyplanet.com. We are affiliated with Amazon. Admittedly, we do get a small percentage back for any sale that gets made through there or if it's directly through Amazon, sometimes they have third party sellers, et cetera. But, you know, if you're getting something digital, I believe we, if you go to comiXology through that, we, we get a little something and, and we appreciate that. I still want to encourage this week, especially in light of the way of, of some of the news we're going to talk about that if there is a way you can support your local comic shop, find that way first. That is 100% what I believe. And I think that's, you know, I'd like to stay super positive. It, it, I'm going to admit it's hard for me right now. You know, I, I called. So that are retailers and I'm just, my heart is breaking. I called the shop that I buy my comics at and I actually said, hey, um, let me know what I owe you and I will PayPal it to you. So you, you'll have the money from what you're holding for me for when I eventually get down there. I did the same thing today. Yeah. I did the same thing today. So, so there's that. If, you know, normally I'll say you can go to PayPal, by the way, and you could donate to us at editor at fanboyplanet.com. But I'm only saying that as a matter of that's rote. This week, I, and this month, and April, uh, whenever this come, this podcast comes out, I 100% understand and encourage that, look, these are times to maybe just kind of, as Rick said, cocoon, but that also probably means financially. So it's okay. Uh, you know, but do join the conversation at editor at fanboyplanet.com. That's my email address. So please, please write in. If you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. We do have a Facebook page at fanboyplanet. You can follow us on Twitter at fanboyplanet. And of course, Instagram at Fanboy Planet. And I do want to say, you know, like we tweet out things that are related, but not necessarily having an article or a pot or a co- content on the podcast. Like today, I do want to call out because I feel like I want to start. I don't, I'm sure somebody else has been doing this uh, this hashtag, but if not, um, we're starting it, and I want to encourage it. Hashtag Use Your Powers for Good. Rick, did you see the the, the piece today, uh, the thing I, I caught this morning and, and tweeted out that uh, it's Cinequest related, that official sponsor, Tito's Handmade Vodka, is is starting to make hand sanitizer. That is and, so ironic given the joke that was going around saying, don't try and make homemade sanitizer with Tito's. But, but now they are, right. Yeah. Uh, but they've converted they're converting their distillery and they will be going to their local community and and I put it in quotes but it really it's just because it was directly what they said and people in need so I think at this point anybody trying to convert or or reach out and help a community may not know exactly what the best way to do that is when they first make the announcement that they're going to do it. And I think it's very positive that they, that they did it. So, you know, that's using your powers for good. If you know of any company that is doing something you think is cool, tweet it at us. I want to know uh, at fanboy planet. I want to know what, who's using their powers for good and, and, and what is it? I'm just thrilled that they do because it's like Tito's Well, we see them all the time. Uh, you know, got a dog tag at Cinequest Part One. You know, <laughs> so we see Tito's all the time. But to know that they're doing this is is really cool. And I thought I wanted to call it out, and I wanted to call it out for for Cinequest as well because I don't think initially they had 
heard that either. So, you know, that, that was very cool. So, uh, I think that's covered all our, all our ad stuff. Yes. Is it is. But I do want to talk about, obviously, uh, with this worldwide pandemic and many states in the United States now under shelter at, in, at home, uh, which is not an unreasonable request as this is we're trying to flatten the curve. And certainly if you've looked into what's going on with hospital capacity and so forth, this is a very wise thing to do. And unfortunately, though, because it does talk about, you know, that the only businesses that should stay open through this are essential businesses looking at the comics industry to how do they it's a symbiotic industry, comic book retailers. Walmart had been part of the story a little bit with DC uh, with the hundred page giants for a while, but you know, even that's really gone into direct local comic shops and, and it, yes, there are digital sales, but the people that have been the best community builders, the best representatives for the industry directly have been those people at your local shop. And so it's been a big, uh, Big impact on retailers, Image, Boom, Oni, and I just uh, a little bit ago got an email from IDW also saying this, that you know, this is a Monday night recording, uh, date is it? Uh, it's the 23rd, 23rd. Of, of March, and that they, so I just got that they too were doing this and they were suspending publication for a month, no new product coming out. So, so, so that, and then they would stagger, and I think Boom is the first that led with this of saying they are going to stagger their books a little more and lessen their output in, in at least the short term to make sure that even when this is all lifted and you can get back to your shop or whatever, you don't have suddenly two to three months worth of new comics that you're expected to be able to buy all at once. Yeah, and. Because that's that's going to push the edges of the system. Diamond did announce officially today that they are not accepting new books in their warehouses from publishers after not I shouldn't say after this week. They have already shipped out this week. It was after April first, right? Uh, after April first, right? Yeah. So basically, what they're say, saying is there won't be a new shipment next week, which on. on they're, they've got things that they've got in their warehouse. There might be toys. There might be books that you could have reordered that could still get shipped out. So I think what we were, you and I were talking about today of, of saying we want to really make this uh, – to, to talk about books you might want to catch up on, books you want, might want to find during this time, there is that possibility. And again, I want to impress that – I know that not every state has done this, that there are comic shops that may still be able to be open and do, I, I think what they're calling drive, drive up service, curb service uh, or, or curb, curb service. Thank you. There was door service at one point in a couple of shops that I was aware of and, and many are shipping. So again, it, it, you know, are, are willing to ship your books. So if, if you, can check with your local comic shop and see can they can they mail you stuff and yeah, you have to pay for postage and again this is if that is a financial option for you I I just feel like so many people are taking the hit through yeah. this 
And I, I really want to be sensitive to that. But I also know that we love comics, and I know that we love movies and TV. That's why you listen to this. And and so I, I do want to encourage that, well, this is an opportunity to maybe catch a – I've got a big stack of books to read through <laughs> right now. I'm like, oh, this could be, you know, uh, I could get through. But anyway, they are – they, these publishers are making things returnable. Marvel and DC have offered a greater discount at the, as, as of this recording tonight. But I think Image, I, I think Diamond has really put the kibosh on even that. You know that that what we don't know yet is the impact through digital. Right now, does that mean that these that these publishers are still going to release things through Comicsology or through their own alternative? Uh, you know, or, or if you have a subscription, Mayfire or wherever. So, subscription, you know, that's true. If I, if that's being fulfilled directly from a publisher, I suppose that's possible too. Because they've been pushing the subscriptions again recently. They just don't pay attention to that. So, <laughs> but I, I should maybe. Uh, so, we'll see what that impact is. This is going to be one of those things where we sound like a real news organization. It's an ongoing story. In future podcasts, we're going to be talking with people. Uh, I, I may have a, a – I just mentioned to Rick, I might have a, a, a small publisher lined up for next week to talk. Um, we, we'll, we'll see. I hope that everybody gets through this because you know, what I'm saying, I'm kind of heartbroken, is that, that I've just made friends with so many retailers. And whenever I go someplace, I try to find a local comic shop, you know, so – and I stay in contact with a lot of these people and, you know, but I've thought for a while that having the way we have marketed comics has left people pretty much on the edge for a long time. So many, so, so many dealers and so many, so many people in the industry are there because they are fans just like us. They may be fans yeah. of, of their own stuff. They may be fans of their competition, but they are there because they are fans just like us. Yeah, and you know, with the diamond announcement, I did. Uh, I talked to Cardi Angelo, who uh, is the owner uh, and co-owner, co-owner, I should say, because he and his wife own uh, two shops: in one in Sherman Oaks, and that I, I shop at occasionally, and one in in Northridge. Uh, and they have another partner in the Northridge store. And uh, so he did let me say that the one thing about Diamond's announcement uh, this afternoon was. I'm just glad I don't have to accept a month's worth of orders on spec. And that's really what it is. That's what's pointed to this problem. Unlike a lot of what we might deem essential businesses, you're taking a, you're taking a risk in anything. And, and with, with like with Marvel, you know, you, I've always said that with, with spec, I saw that in June, they're going to do another, another new Spider-Man title. And so like, you know, they're they're trying to dominate the shelves and there's only so much shelf space and every one is a gamble. And I've talked with, with retailers and on this a lot of this, you know, every book that shows up in diamonds catalog, the question has to be asked, can I sell this? Do I know who I can sell it to? And, you know, that's why a community is, a, you know, I think a comic shop is such a strong place of community that a good retailer gets to know their customers and I know I feel that way very strongly about Earth too. I know a lot of the staffers there, and they know people and their customers well. And 
and I know that it, at Elusive Comics and Games, you know, Perry and Steve in particular will often, when they're pool, doing the pool box, will will look at something and go, "I bet Derek might like to give this a try," and I'm really grateful that I have that. You know that that I have a that I, I go to a retailer that does know me well enough, and I know you have the same experience at let's just name them because it's a good shop, Hijinks, yeah, in Willow Glen, Neil you know, so, and JK, yeah, great people. I mean, as I've mentioned, like I I knew Neil way back when I shopped bought from him when he was uh, manager of big big guys comics in in Mountain View. So I shopped with knew Neil for like a good decade, you know, and so anyway. Uh, you know that's it. So I want to turn to let's you know some real positives uh, this week. Is I, I said to Rick, instead of saying pick of the week because uh, you and I can't actually get to comic shops this week, <laughs> and we did have last week, but maybe there's a binge of the week and and three choices for things if you have the time to cocoon and there's a books you've been thinking about. This is the chance we'd like to make our, re- our recommendation of things that you could find a run. Or a trade paperback, a graphic novel, however you want to phrase it. Something that it's a good, solid read because you have the time to read right now. Rick, go ahead. What's your first choice? My first choice is a love letter to all of you from 2000 AD. And if you don't know 2000 AD, they they are a British uh, publishing company. And they do a lot of, uh, it's called 2080 because when they got established, 2080 was way off in the future. You're burying the lead. What book is it, Rick? <laughs> it is. Because everybody knows the, the book. They uh, all know the title. The title is Judge Dredd Case Files 5, The Law at War. And I'm recommending this because it's free. They have made this volume, this 400-page volume, available for free digital download right now. And so, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely have the link on the Fanboy Planet uh, page for the podcast. And if you don't get it that way and you just want to go there, it's 2080.com. There is a link off their front page, or you just go to their shop, and it's pretty easy to find. Um, But... Yeah, Judge Dredd uh, is just uh, one of those classic science fiction tropes that you, if if uh, it's judge, jury, jury, and executioner all on a big old motorcycle roaming through the badlands, uh, delivering justice, uh, and and uh, just over the top crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, two With two film adaptations. Two film adaptations. Yeah, you know, one mediocre and one dang good. Yeah, very good, very good. I'll let you decide which is which. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is uh, it's Alan Grant and John Wagner. Uh, Wagner's art style is just amazing. Uh, Grant, of course, is a, is a terrific writer. Uh, it includes art by Brian Bolin, uh, Steve Dillon, um, you know, Ian Gibson. Uh, these are these are all like some of the best some of, some the, of best the best of the of the many right. years of- and the nice thing about this this book is it's huge right it's 400 pages but they're all short little stories so you can you can you can chew through it at whatever pace you want to so that's that's their love letter to you listener judge dread case files five the law at war available for free digitally and so i want to say this anything we recommend is of course if available through Comicsology. Do also say there's you know DC Universe, the app you could subscribe and they've got plenty of DC 
DC books available. Right. Marvel Comics Unlimited. That's I can't remember what it is per month. I, I pay a lump sum every year. Um, and you want to but, talk about the library stuff now? I mean, yeah, and I do. So the, yeah. you know, those are the costing ones. But because you brought up 2000 ADs giving us away, uh, there are library apps. If you have a library card, or if your local library will allow you to get get one online, I use Hoopla. And uh, my lo- I I use the Sunnyvale Library system. Uh, I can check out three graphic novels or three books uh, a month over Hoopla digitally. Uh, you know, to read on my on my tablet. Uh, I don't know what's the other one. Yeah, Overdrive. Yeah, Overdrive um, does eBooks and audiobooks um, that you can download uh, for. And you check it out. Basically, you have it for a period of time that you can read it in. So. Yeah, and I, I and I, overdrive dot com with with Hoopla that I I think that like why only have three I think that's a that's a limitation that the each each library gets to set so that's that's mine it's reasonable because I realize three in a normal month that's about all I can and get typically if you go to your library's website they will they will note which ones they do use for digital download. So completely recommended that. Okay, so now I'll go to my recommendation, uh, a book called Ghosted in L.A. from Boombox. And uh, the first six issues are available in a trade paperback. I think they're up to issue nine. And I think last week I I was not able to get the cutoff and get the, the latest issue. But it is a fun, different book. It's about a young girl, a teen girl in her first year of college, who I think I've recommended an issue before because I picked it up at Comic-Con last summer and that uh, she goes off, uh, her boyfriend has dumped her right after she followed him to college in Los Angeles and in her sorrow and kind of wandering and feeling feeling uh, uprooted and, and not knowing really who she is at a time when you often do re- redefine yourself, she wanders into an L.A. mansion that has nobody living there. It's abandoned, but it is full of ghosts. So it's writer Cena Grace's kind of hip, updated, almost a take, take on on the haunted mansion. Each ghost there's not there's not nine hundred ninety nine. I think it's eight or nine. Each ghost has kind of a different supernatural ability. One can possess. One can can be act like a poltergeist. Uh, one can. One can actually wander off-site. Almost all of them are rooted to this mansion. And this young woman feels that she is completely more uncomfortable. She is completely more comfortable among the dead than she is trying to become part of the life of, of her on her campus in college. And uh, Cena also includes in the back, if you are a Los Angelino or, or planning to visit there sometime, like cool places to go. Uh, so each individual issue has these recommendations of restaurants and neighborhoods that have restaurants and museums and so forth. Really, you know, it's really a love letter to L.A., but it's also just a really fun supernatural book uh, and and one of those where I feel like I, I told him after I read the first issue, it's like one of those that, again, I wish that my daughter were still in high school because I would have immediately started giving her this book. You know, because I think she would have really enjoyed it, and it's not to say any, nobody else would either. I think that it's just a great, great book. And so there's a perfect chance to pick up the first trade 
And if you can mail order or go digitally, you can get the rest. So, you know, there it is. What's next on your list, Rick? The next thing I know. So part of my criteria in doing this was I was looking for big, meaty stories that perhaps some people hadn't read. And so I was casting all over the place and I cast all the way back to the eighties for this one. Um, when a 25 year old artist named Dave Sim was moving his kind of joke of a comic book, Cerebus from a let's make fun of Conan, the barbarian book to a let's do some really pointed social satire and involve ourselves in a lot of, um, historical and hysterical, uh, uh, references, if we might say. So I'm recommending high society, which is, um, it's available from servicedownloads.com. And Sim has this thing where it's kind of a pay what you can kind of, um, kind of download. Uh, I think the, the low end they recommend, uh, is $15. And then if you can afford it up to 99, um, this book has been, uh, they did a Kickstarter a couple of years back and did a audio audiobook version with some limited animation, but the the original book still holds really really solidly together. It has it to. It was do, one of my favorites when I was in. I guess the first couple the, of years of college, I think. Is when I probably probably that's that seems about right for you. Um, the the whole thing about um, high society is the art is magnificent. Sim is at the absolute top of his game he's doing all his own art he later he he hired uh partnered with a guy named gerard to do all his backgrounds and sim just did the characters but this is sim doing the whole book writing it and bringing into the book um probably the most memorable version of the marx brothers that didn't actually involve the marx brothers um as Lord Julius and uh, I can't remember the other two characters, the three characters. But I remember them all, yes. Yeah. Lord Julius and was my favorite. Just the, the dialogue in it is sparkling. The dialogue is amazing and referential and totally, he absolutely captures Groucho Marx's um, not only word use, but pacing and um, style. The The images are perfect. The 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 opening of it is amazing because you have Cerebus who's coming from a battle, walking into this amazingly huge um, hotel uh, that's just sprawling and incredibly high high society. And Cerebus is going to mess with, with the, uh, the guy who's uh, behind the desk and gets the whole thing turned around. I'm not going to spoil it on it, but the opening of it, if the opening doesn't grab you and make you want to read the rest, I don't know what's wrong with you. So again, high society by Dave Sim. And again, we'll have the link on the site, but it's Cerebus, C E R E B U S downloads.com. You can also say, I have seen that listed as like the Sunnyvale library. So that might be one. It's very you likely. Can find, you yeah. can find as well. And I, I want to be fair here. Uh, is that Dave Sim in, in recent years, I think has become, I don't know that I, he got like grouchy. Him. He got grouchy. Uh, I, I think he got more than, more I than understand. Grouchy. I understand. But, I didn't want to, uh, and I, and I, and I never finished Cerebus, but high society was, if you wonder why people think Dave Sim was once a genius. Yeah. High society is why. 
and uh, so it, it's it's one worth looking at. It's from so, 1983. It's 25 issues in one volume. Okay, so yeah, it was my as, as I was finishing up high school. That's and I think that's where I came into Cerebus. Yeah, like I I started picking that up, and I think it may have even been because of Lord Julius. You know, and then I went back and I got the tr- the trade paperbacks. Uh, I didn't even call them that then. Um, you know, yeah. I bought the books, the collections. Uh, so well, they had they had the individual trade paperbacks. They did like three versions before they ended up with the phone book. Remember a phone books, book? Yeah, um, the yeah, phone no, book I style the, collections. Uh, I had the trade paperbacks. Is what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I went back and bought those originally. So, my next recommendation is: I think this is one you'd have to go to a library or again through Comixology if you cannot get it to a store, or if you want to just say, "Hey, call them up and bank them." Uh, Far sector, and hang on, I got to grab. I've got an issue, so I make sure that I say correctly who is writing this book. Far Sector is a is a young animal book, and it's by N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell on art. And it's a young animal book, but what makes it really interesting is it's a Green Lantern book, but it reads like no right. other Green Lantern right. book. It is a science fiction story in which there is a Green Lantern who operates, who, whose abilities function differently than any others. Just like with what, it's interesting that they've unlocked this, because Brian Michael Bendis is doing something similar in Young Justice with Teen Lantern. But there are other definitions of what a Green Lantern can be. And so this is, Far Sector is a sector that is, it's bizarre. It is truly science fictional. It's a great companion piece to what Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp have been doing on The Green Lantern. But Far Sector then becomes something you don't have to read any other book. And that's one reason I'm really I'm really drawn to it. But another reason is it's a dang good sci-fi story as this, this Green Lantern has to solve a murder in a sector where the alien life is so alien. And, and their concepts of what life is are also alien what is murder alien you know so it's it's a mind-blowing wonderful book called far sector it's not it's not called green lantern it's far sector and uh and dc did a good job of doing reprints and getting them of you know second printings in because i forgot to put it on my pull list i i read the first issue and went this is great i went back and you know I couldn't remember the title. <laughs> I was looking <laughs> under G. I was like, what was it called? What was it called? Well, I'm old. I think we've just established that. You know, I remember when high society was new. And <laughs> so uh, I, you know, and, and then and it was like, I, I went under the counter and said, like, I, I know there's a book I want. And I can't remember what it is. We finally figured out it was Far Sector. And then they were sold out. And then they got more issues in. So the fourth issue came out, I think, two or three weeks ago so it's not a trade yet but it's really this is a great time to to latch on to it so i i I really recommend this far sector and interestingly enough i realized this is my own that's my only one of the uh, of the big two books that i that i'm recommending this week interestingly so go your i see your next selection and of course it's perfect i i didn't do any from the big two because i wanted to try to expose some things that people have Maybe heard. Oh about. yes, we've all signaled your virtue, Rick. Uh, so 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 I wasn't I wasn't demeaning you. Um, so uh, thirteen 
118 pages. An epic, epic fantasy uh, journey uh, with amazing characters and really suitable for so many ages. And that's Bone, B-O-N-E, by Jeff Smith. Or as and, we call it, All Ages. All so, Ages. Yes. And so this is this is the complete edition. The one I'm recommending is the way it was published originally, is in black and white. Um, it if and if you don't like that, it's certainly available in a uh, a more recently recolored edition that was done by Scholastic, I think. Um, yes, originally published by Cartoon Books, Jeff. Right, right. Jeff Smith's own print. Now Scholastic but, does the color version, and it will be a Netflix animated series next year. Oh, excellent! I hadn't heard that. So, so um, just. It is. It is. Um, it, it's. It's kind of beyond. Beyond a, uh, an easy explanation because the the main characters are really super cartoony. You know, they're 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 the kind of characters you go that could never have evolved to be that. <laughs> but they're mixed in with really um, amazing human characters and fantastic creatures and landscapes and um you just get lost in this book so and there's, that's there's a sequel novel trilogy i don't know yeah if read that no i haven't just, read those it is as charming but you know and, and and i love the history of this is you know those characters the bones as they're called look the way they do because jeff smith created them at like age six i didn't know that that's what he was drawing when he was a little kid so it's uh, and you can get it from the comic comicology for nineteen ninety nine. Um, I would bet it's available in the libraries because of the scholastic connection. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, please, whenever anybody asks me, like, oh, you know, I have an eight year old who's into comics. What should I start with? And I say, like, you got to start with Bone. Yeah, but you can read it together. You know. Yeah. Oh, when I, he, oh I know people. When uh, he the, falls asleep, you pick it up and read from where you last picked off. The co-founder of Fanboy Planet, Michael Goodson, went through them all with his kids, with both yeah. kids, at, at, at different times. He was so thrilled <laughs> to be able to read it twice. You know, so I'm sorry if I've called him out. You know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, I'm going with. Hang, oh, that's, that's the wrong one. So I'm going to recommend. Uh, my next is actually is a publisher, Hero Tomorrow Comics. Long, long, long time ago. I recommended their first title, and in fact, on their trade, on their hardcover collection, there's a pool quote from Fanboy Planet, and it is Apama, A-P-A-M-A, The Undiscovered Animal, and their companion book is Tap Dance Killer, and the publisher is Hero Tomorrow Comics in in where uh, Cleveland, Ohio. So it's Hero, H-E-R-O-T-O-M-O-R-R-O-W.com. You can order directly through them to get the hardcovers shipped to... They have a variety of packages there. But they're kind of fun. So Apama is... They started these comics after making an independent film called Hero Tomorrow. And it was about the, a guy trying to make a superhero movie. And so then they turned the, char- the character he created in the movie into a character. And Apama is a lost, feral... Uh, like spirit animal from the dawn of time who has come forward and possessed this guy in Cleveland and suddenly supervillains start popping up 
and at some point it gets crossed over with uh, a little supernatural gets involved, and that's the tap dance killer who is an entertainer, uh, a rock singer who also kind of gets sort of powers from, from hell, almost like a son of Satan thing or a ghostwriter thing with a really cool look. And that's based on a rock opera that the creator, uh, the co-creator of both books, Ted Sikora, and the founder of Hero Tomorrow Comics, uh, he had written this this concept album, and he promises that someday he will, uh, you know, uh, there'll be a way for me to hear it. But uh, it's really cool. And what I loved about this book is, since rather than buying classic Marvel, these books look like classic Marvel books. They feel like classic Marvel right. books. Like when I say the seventies, yeah, of these really, you know, out there concepts, but there's still a fun familiarity to them, and they're just really well written, well drawn, and you know, who's talking about Hero Tomorrow? Well, I am, and this is a perfect opportunity. Again, I think you can find them. Uh, at libraries, but it's also available at Comicsology, and they are av- available in comic shops. I've seen, I've seen some some stores c- carry these. You know, it's like when it's an independent publisher and it's a, it's a smaller publisher. It, I admit, it's a crapshoot to find it at your local shop. I've seen many carry them, but I've seen just as many that don't. So I would say, in this case, it's go to herotomorrow.com or go to the link we'll, we'll put up on, well, we'll put up both links. So you can get a hardcover or you can go to Comixology. My, my thing right now with, with Amazon is that, you know, one, again, one of the consequences of what's going on is that I think they're considering comics and, and books to be non-essential items. Yeah. And so th- those are getting pushed back. Like, so if you want to read something this week, Chances are you're not going to get it delivered you, you, in time. You're, you, but you know, because it's not medication, it's not uh, a health. Yeah, issue. I, I, I went to I went to Amazon's page today to find out what they were saying about about this because I'd heard it from a number of different sources, and there was nothing saying that they wouldn't deliver books. Which some people were saying they're going to stop delivering books. That what they're asking is that when you place an order. You can you can you can designate your delivery time. So you can pay a lot of money and get it the next day. You can, there if you have Prime, you can get it in two days. If you have Prime but you don't really care, you can say, um, get it to me when you can. And basically, it's I'm not in any rush. And they're asking people to just check that for things that are not essential, that are not uh, absolutely important. Okay, well that's that. good. I because I, I really haven't tried again. I'm just going with the but, that I've seen. But the the I mean the 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 real the reality is that if you can get it digitally, you can get it that day. That yeah. if you get it digitally, you're not affected by any of this stuff. Well, and so that's you know that's my big question. Can we you know let's transition to the rest of of the entertainment industry, and and that is why I'm I'm torn. I I, I want to service listeners obviously as I say with by saying look there are digital options. But I want to keep those comic store communities going. And at the same time, when we talk about movies and TV, this is an industry that's feeling a major impact. And we may change. it may change, or I'll say accelerate the change that was probably in place, that was probably already coming with distribution and how people are going to be consuming, in particular, big-budget movies. Because aside from a lot of production has paused, right now because 
people are are concerned all over the world. You know, Stranger Things. It was announced. No, this is merging, but I'm calling it movies and TV together this week. That Stranger Things halted production for now. They were doing production was, in England, weren't they? I think they. I think that's that's where they were. Yeah. Shang Chi may have reserved. We we talked about it last week. Shang Chi and the uh, Legend of the Ten Rings might have resumed because the director did turn out he'd been exposed. He put himself into self quarantine and then said, no, he's fine. His quarantine ended and he was, he was asymptomatic. So, uh, he and tested negative. So, you know, that again, you can get into that later, but he was able to get tested. It turned out to be negative. So that was fine, but he did the right thing. It just meant, you know, so everything that we thought was coming was, you know, was being pushed back. Um, and that's okay, but because AMC shut down, Century uh, Century Theaters know that Cinemark. That's the I always call them Century because that's what they were in San Jose, right? That uh, Cinemark, a major chain there, I, I think Regal, uh, they shut down because people weren't going anyway because we, we were scared. But you, it's not very likely that you have an open movie theater near you. So Universal announced last week that they would take their next you know their recent releases and and put them available for rental for 1995 I think, I think they rounded up on Amazon to 20 you know to 20 dollars for you have 30 days to watch it 48 hours to watch it once you've begun of this week's release what would have been this week's releases so that was the invisible man uh, and, and it was recent. Invisible Man was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Emma, The Hunt, Sony announced, I think tonight, well, no, tomorrow, I think it's the 24th, uh, tomorrow night, is Bloodshot will be available because they released it last weekend. And I think it still ended up being the number one movie. But I think it was, it, but the numbers are really low. But, the, you know, it, yeah. Hollywood's having the worst box office that is in history. And it's because no, everyone's afraid to go. So, and the same thing with with Disney with Onward, that it was number you know it had the lowest opening of a Pixar film ever, and but it was still number one. It's just because again nobody was going. So Onward is this week available to rent for twenty dollars, and in a week or so it will show up on Disney Plus. They're just accelerating that, and I think it'll been out in theaters for three weeks. But and I, I thought about it, and if you, I, I will grant you, if you live alone right now, there you may be in a region that is discouraging that you invite friends over. I think uh, you, know, get, you know, no one's allowed to gather more than ten. I mean, in fact, we we were advised uh, this in our in our family because my mother had been ill with other things that a nurse said means really you can't have Easter. We said, we, we don't have 10 people that would come together for Easter. But well, uh, I hadn't even thought about that, that there's sort of family gatherings coming up that maybe, you know, will be problematic. But so even, a, alone, even a gathering of 10 is supposed to still respect the uh, social distancing. Social distancing. And that's, yeah. So, you know, that for $20 might seem a little pricey if you're alone. But if you have a family that are, are together, you know, renting these films or, or you're a right. couple or, or you, you have roommates and you're already, well, if there's anything going on, you've all, you know, exposed, whatever. 
20 bucks is to me kind of a bargain. And I did use the service yesterday and we watched the invisible man and Emma. And I sat there thinking, I'm not much missing the being surrounded by people. You know, I, I just wanted to see yeah. the movies. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that, that's what I'm concerned or curious. Is that going to change the way people, when, when things go back to normal, I hope, but there's also going to be kind of a new normal. I think a lot of people are going to go, yeah, this was all right. Yeah. You no, know, or box office expectations should be set lower from now on because I, I can't remember who it was who said when we had discuss, this discussion on Facebook and they were saying, oh, $20, that's too much. And it's like, they're, they said they're, they're uh, I know exactly they're, who it was. They're trying to make it like the old WWF um, uh, events that you used to pay like 30 to $60 and you'd invite 20 people over to your house to make it worth it. So. Yeah, actually, that's completely, yeah, I know exactly who that was, and that was the point. The point made was that once it be, once the WWE created their subscription service, yeah, then you couldn't go back to charging six. They couldn't go back to charging sixty bucks because people had gotten used to seeing it for ten bucks a month. Yeah, and seeing and, everything for ten bucks a month. Yeah, so that that's that's the question, and and in reality, look. AMC had already had their AMC. I can't remember what they called it. Platinum Hollywood Extreme Welcome. You can see three movies a month, and and I I have the 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 Cinemark where I, I I pay ten bucks a month and I get tickets for ten bucks a month and one free ticket a month, and they roll over. So you know it, it's they don't expire. So you know the theaters have already been offering all these deals to get people to come more often and make it make it cheaper for them so you know again i think this is we, i don't know if people will re- revert to that you know cuz like right now sure i, I got i got charged for uh, a membership in in two clubs uh, amc's and cinemark that i can't use right now yeah so but I was able to go. Oh, look! This weekend. Oh, hey, Amazon has has uh, all these movies I wanted to see and didn't have time to go go see. So, um, and they were fun. Uh, I thought The Invisible Man was incredibly tense, wonderfully well done, and, I, and I'm looking forward to Bloodshot getting released tomorrow night because I really, really, really wanted to see Bloodshot. So right. I, there we go. Uh, we did note you and I both missed it, but hoping that by the time this this podcast is released, you can find it on YouTube. Our favorite podcast, or I'm going to say one of our favorite podcasts, because Family Planet's our favorite podcast. Yeah, um, the Thrilling Adventure Hour did a benefit show, and I guess they used a, a social media app. You know, something I don't know. If they I think went, they were using Zoom. Were they simply using Zoom? That's fantastic. it. Looked like Zoom to me. They gathered their cast together. Wait, and I know which which segments they did. Let me let me look this up because a friend who did, did see it gets see it was there. Hoping it'll be live, and I hope they'll do it again because they charge five dollars. That's all. And my friend says that this charity was they made over ten thousand dollars for charity by doing this. That's Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, who are the producers and writers of of the Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is an ongoing comic from Boom Studios right now. Um, that uh, they did a Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars segment, Amelia Earhart, 
and Beyond Belief. So, of course, they did Beyond Belief. Of course, they did Beyond Belief. Um, that's the only one I've ever seen live. Uh, so that it, it's uh, their favorites. They're great. And so they did this uh, live stream last night, and hoping again they'll do it again. I, I don't know they well, they will, but I'm hoping they will. And I love that this is happening through YouTube, and that that services are doing that. I've been talking with, of course, you know, I work with Comedy Sports in San Jose, and I just texted him. Uh, the owner of Comedy Sports, and so I volunteered my services to say maybe we should try something in, like, improv via live stream in various remote locations is interesting. But we we're, we're talking about doing something. So they're, they're, they get around the uh, the limit on number of people because these are all people who are calling in from their own homes, and so the videos are right. all of them sitting in their living room. And they're all doing their bits, uh, so it's it's uh, it's it was the, amazing. The right show that works, yeah. yeah. And Thrilling Adventure, I was perfect because I mean I've seen them live. You and, and we've got the movie, quote unquote, that they did, and you know that's it's like an old time radio show. They stand around on microphones, so they're sitting around in their yeah. homes. That 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 works for me, and I'm I you know very thrilled by that. Uh, you know that's. I'm hoping that that catches on, though, with a lot of, of you know, I, I think if you have a local theater company you love, I hear we're talking about local comic books, but local arts organizations as well, if they're doing a live stream along those lines, then it's something to look into. Probably and, the best, I, I was going to say, ahead. probably the best way for people to find this, uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour, if they, when when they release the recording of it, um, is uh, they're on Facebook as Thrilling Adventure Hour. Um, so they've been, they've been listing things there about, about the, uh, the post show and what's coming up. Great. Great. So then we, we moved to straight up television. Of course, this is the time to catch up on that show. You've always said you wanted to watch. And if you're not reading, watch TV. And I, I was thinking, boy, I, uh, will I finally finish Legion? Uh, <laughs> you better. <laughs> I know. I know. But I, I, but of course, then Westworld just started again. So I was watching Westworld last night as well. Um, I, I couch potatoed a lot yesterday because, let's face it, they made it easy for me. Yeah, they really made it easy for me. Um, I just haven't finished Preacher. There's so many, and I haven't finished almost anything on the CW this year. I'm not caught up. So, you know, I next weekend, next weekend because we got busy again. So. Uh, there's an opportunity there, and I think, and why well, I'd say, with a lot of your favorite shows halting, suspending production for right now, again, you know, this is a time to kind of go back and go, oh, did I finish that one thing, and you know, well, now I can. So can I mention, I'll mention another one that is uh, entirely sure. worthy of binging, especially if you have Disney Plus. Is of course all six seasons of the original. Clone Wars, Star Wars, Clone Wars. Uh, That's on my list too. And uh, and they are uh, they are they steadily improve. <laughs> the first yeah, season well, is a little bit hit and miss. Problem. I've seen a lot of people. Uh, right, which, uh, but you just have to power Twitter. through the first season. And it, it just like if you, if the episode's not doing it for you, no, skip to the next one. Huh? Hey, okay, you you so you, know, you missed some stuff last week. And here's the thing. And so we want to, we should talk about these streaming services. Like in Europe, they've had to agree to throttle both Netflix and Disney Plus have right. agreed. Right. Disney Plus hasn't launched in every European country yet. 
but they've agreed to throttle their speed so you can't get high definition. They're 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 throttling their definition so you can get it at so they're in not not eating up all the bandwidth. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I totally understand the reason why. But here's the funny thing: was last week, you know, Disney jumped the gun and said, "Okay, Frozen Two. It, it had already come out on DVD, but it but they released it on Disney Plus what two or three months earlier than they originally yeah. intended. Yeah. And that night, I did not want to watch Frozen Two because I had the Blu-ray, but I could not get in. To Disney Plus because really? every family <laughs> was watching Frozen 2. That's wow. my supposition, but I couldn't get I thought it was just funny because I, I know a couple of people that were having trouble getting in. I'm like, yep, Disney Plus got hammered last week with that one because that was a movie every kid was clamoring. I want to watch it again. I want to watch it again. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Plus, you know, so but, but to finish up on the Clone Wars. So they just started releasing. Never be finished. Okay. They've just started releasing season seven episodes yeah. from season seven, and I was I was a little worried about this. I was thinking, okay, these are just going to be scripts that they couldn't justify or whatever. And this is such an awesome season. They introduced a oh, new bunch Rick of characters. They, they they introduced a bunch of new characters that are like uh, the the bat. They're actually called the Bad Batch. There, it's it's kind of like the the Rat Patrol in space, or what was the the Dirty Dozen, or whatever. But they are they are the misfits among the clones, and there were four episodes of that of telling that story, and then they just got back to Ahsoka Tano. They had the first uh, first new episode of Ahsoka Tano, and if you followed if you followed her story in the previous seasons, you know why that's important that they've gone back to her. Um, and you and you know the rumor of the week, and I'm I'm still calling I don't. it rumor. I don't. Oh, okay, that I still call it rumor because I've not seen a credible source. And when I say credible source, I want to see a press release from Lucasfilm. Okay, but I think it was Slash Film started saying that the Mandalorian season two had cast Rosario Dawson uh, as a, a, a Katano. That would be cool. She has said she wanted to play the role. This got all the way up to Variety and Hollywood Reporter, but as Drew Campbell and I were looking and reading all these articles, it's one of those moments we were aligning, going like, Ugh! every single one was saying, oh yeah, uh, Slash Film reports it, and they've got it from from multiple credible sources, but anonymous, and no one's officially said it, but, ho- but again, Hollywood Reporter and Variety then reported it, Still citing that it was Slash Film, but then everybody went, oh, Hollywood Reporter and Variety reported it. Therefore, it must be true. And (laughs) it's like, I don't know. And the problem with saying that that it's true is they had finished filming. Now, it's also possible, since they kept the existence of the child a complete secret. Yes. Before the show ever started, you know, ever was released, that... They could have finished filming, and she could have filmed her role, and nobody knew. But that's not the way it's getting reported. It's more like she has been cast for season two, and then it, ignoring the fact that the filming was done. So, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. In, in reality, uh, the she Ashley Eckstein, who voices yep. Ahsoka Tano in, in The Clone Wars, and I think did Ahsoka... Cause, I haven't watched all of either. Did she show up in Rebels? Yes. Okay. And she 
and Ahsoka, she voiced Ahsoka in The Rise of Skywalker. And it feels like, you know, Ahsoka's an alien. It's going to be heavy makeup no matter who. I, I, you know, it just feels weird to give the role to somebody other than Ashley. Yeah. Than Ashley Eckstein, who has Especially. done so much for fandom and so much for Star Wars fandom because she is the founder of her universe. Quality, quality fan, fanish clothing, cool stuff for, for women. And, and, men. and yeah. she actually owns a custom set of Ahsoka's lightsabers. Oh, yeah. No, well, yeah. She's just super cool and deserves a shot, you know, uh, <laughs> to do the live action role. I don't know. So it, it, I still call it rumor as of, of, of this recording, but who knows? Who knows? So I'm with you. It's funny what you said about Clone Wars, as I was saying. Uh, Keith D. Candido, uh, who is a, a novelist and a writer and does commentary for Tor, is like in this time he's gone back and won't watch Clone Wars. He always resisted because it seemed – it looked bad when it first came out. And then his son uh, was, Oh, and season one is bad, but it does get better. It's just like what you said. And that was my feeling with clone wars was I saw the first three episodes were, were released theatrically. And yeah. I went to a press screening of that and went, I get it. I think I was confer- I did read later. I, w- I was right. That the style was supposed to be like a Jerry Anderson. Yes. Yeah, uh, so it looked like super marionation. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I wrote in my review way back when. I'll have to find it because I think I don't think it's been converted to the new one. I'll find it. Um, and, and you know, I was like, "Ooh, I was right. That was what they were trying to do." But it was so bad <laughs> that I just was not charmed. And then later it got like, "Oh, it's cool." And then it became like you know, almost like lost to me was so much time had passed that it's like it doesn't even matter. And now it's now it's important again. Yeah. Uh, as far as is being a part of a story that I do kind of enjoy. So I, it was on my list. But like I said, I was going to do watch that last Tuesday night, and then I couldn't get in. So uh, so I went back to Netflix, and I'm watching BoJack Horseman, because everybody's told me that show was great. And it is great, but it's not for everybody. So I think that's that's it for us right now. We will meet again somehow next week and hopefully talk about more new things and maybe run – run an interview or two. And as I said, I may have a live, live guest as well. Um, because like everybody, we're figuring out, Hey, you can totally, there are tools that will allow us <laughs> to, you know, talk remotely. And we've been doing it for a long time, but, but you know, it, there are even newer tools. Let's, let's check it out. So thank you all for listening. I, you know, you have a lot of, uh, ways to spend your time and you chose this and I really appreciate that. And, uh, so of course, once again, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com or comment on the Facebook page or tweet us at fanboyplanet. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers for, for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.